0: Blog Talk Radio. Brilliant. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. You are now live with the Word on Wednesday. I'm Pastor Winfred Burns, and we are going to dive right into tonight's session. Um, tonight we are again on another serious topic. The topic is entitled Suicide and the Church. We did part one last week, and when we did part one last week, we went through a lot of statistics, and basically what we showed was that uh, suicide is running rampant in society. Um, In the the United States, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death, and almost 70% of suicides are committed by white males. Suicides now claim two and a half times as many lives in the United States as homicides. Two and a half times. We went through these last weeks. And suicide among young people is uh, young people we define them as ages five to five through twenty-four is the second leading cause first leading cause of death amongst that category is um, accidents. But can you imagine the second leading cause of death of our children, our young people, is suicide? Um, and what's even more appalling is that black students, African Americans, attempt suicide at a rate that's higher than even white. And so what do all those things point out? Number one, um, we've got some problems, and these are problems that the church needs to address. And so we're going to continue our series tonight. We're going to continue talking about suicide, and and tonight we'll cover the reasons for suicide, and then we need to cover the uh, church's response to suicide. Now, one of the things that I covered off last week was that Suicide impacts the church, and it uh, uh, impacts the church from the pews to the pulpit. We went through some alarming statistics about what's going on with pastors and leaders and how pastors are uh, over 70% I think it was 71% of pastors are burned out, and 70% of pastors suffer from depression. So count to 10, take seven, and... Every ten pastors, seven of them are suffering from burnout and or or a form of depression. That's alarming because it's only a, a hop, skip, and a jump from depression to suicide. So we've got to be aware of what is going on and our responsibility to minister to the people of God as well as God our leadership too. But And and even further, how we impact the world. How do we minister to those who who are about to commit suicide? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to continue on this, suicide and the church, okay? And before we go any further, let's have a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. We come to bless you. We come to praise you. For your good and your mercy endures forever. Father, tonight as we come to you, we come to expose a blight that is attacking the church and attacking your creation. We pray O God tonight that you would give us clarity, that you would give us understanding, and that you would give us a strategy to minister and come back urge called suicide. Jesus' Now, one of the things that we defined, we defined suicide last week, and we said that suicide is self-murder. And we also showed that according to the word of God, that it is a sin to commit suicide because God says in Exodus, thou shall not murder. So you murder somebody else or you murder yourself, murder is murder. And it is not God's intention for us to go about killing ourselves or killing others. No, no. We're not doing it. So the first thing we want to do tonight, after we've gotten through all the statistics concerning suicide, is talk about the reasons for suicide. And some of the reasons for suicide include depression, psychosis, psychosis, impulsive behavior, crying out for help, and physiological reasons uh, philosophical reasons. Um, and when we talk about philosophical reasons, what we're talking about is folks that kill themselves based upon a philosophy, for example, the suicide bombers that, that we hear about so often. Um, and then finally, Sometimes people commit suicide because they've made mistakes that they consider so egregious that they can no longer face society. And so these are just some of the reasons that uh, people commit suicide. And what are some of the major causes of suicide? Well, mental illness, anxiety, anxiety, Bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, personality disorders. Then there are those who have traumatic experiences, PTSD, physical abuse, sexual abuse, unemployment, terminal illness, chronic pain, financial problems. Then something that, that some of our teens experience, bullying, social isolation, and relationship problems. These are not an exhausted list of the reasons that people commit suicide, but they are just some of the reasons that people commit suicide. And so why are you going through that? Well, before you attack a problem, you really need to understand it. We understand. Last week we spent time defining that we do have a problem, and now we're trying to trace the symptoms, of the problem or the cause of the problem, so then we can begin to minister to the problem. Amen? Now, of those things that were just mentioned as causes of suicide, what I've done is I've gone and I've discovered that you can basically split those into two categories. You can split the two categories, one as Physical causes for uh, suicide, and the second one, demonically inspired causes for suicide. And before we go any further, uh, as a church and uh, as individuals within the church who could encounter people that are suicidal and especially for those pastors and leaders who are watching, one of the things you have to understand is that, again, there are environmental, physical environmental reasons that a person is going to want to commit suicide. And then there's also demonic reasons that a person will commit suicide. Spit them up because that will inform as well as help you to come up with the proper strategy. Sometimes we're trying to pray about something when we need to be doing something. And I believe that we should always pray. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes we spend time praying when we need to give one of them quick, Lord help prayers and jump right in to do something. Because sometimes uh, when you're dealing with a physical problem, when you're dealing with a physical environmental problem, sometimes all you need to do is hug that person and let them know that, hey, I'm with you. And that doesn't require, you know, you to carry all night long. Because while you're him for them, that person might be finding a way to, to take himself out. But then other times we have to really approach it through fasting and prayer because what we're dealing with is not something that is treatable. Or making sure that the person takes their medication, or making sure that the person gets to a doctor so the, uh, so you can get a, a physical uh, um, a diagnosis to address the physical imbalances in their body. But sometimes, oftentimes, or not oftentimes, but sometimes it's one of them you got to command that devil to come out because it's demonic. So you have to know the difference between. A physical, environmental problem, and a demonically inspired problem that is pushing a person towards suicide is what I'm saying. Okay, so um, demonic activity. And now, before you go any further, uh, yeah, sometimes the devil will drive you to suicide. Mm-hmm. The devil. Will drive you to suicide. Now, all suicide is from the basis of sin. Suicide is caused by sin, and it's how how much the devil is involved in it. Because before, um, sometimes suicide is caused by shame, personal shame, and when a person is suffering from personal shame through something that they've done that they know is unacceptable in the eyes of God and society is going to gain them for it and I use that term game loosely uh, or, or is going to persecute them for it or look down on them for it um, uh, that is that, that, the root of it is sin the root of it is sin and then other times Satan uses the sin to get an occasion to get a foothold in your life and then from there he pushes you and pushes you and prods you and prods you until the next thing you know you're ready to offer yourself. So I want us to make sure that we that we have the right understanding, the right diagnosis uh, when we address suicide and suicidal individuals. Um,
1: and demonic
0: activity is best understood described as an overwhelming evil influence influence that leads to poor decisions and oppression or even demonic control and or oppression. Now, that's how I, find, how I define demonic activity. Um, it is best described as overwhelming evil influences that lead to poor decisions and oppression or even demonic control and or possession. And these things manifest themselves as psychotic behavior, disconnection from reality, delusional behavior, hallucinations, Incomprehensive talk, paranoia, people will think that others are conspiring against them. And this is no new information, but instead what it is is just a summary. And some of you see people, some of you see people who are being demonically influenced, possessed, and oppressed on up and down the streets of Chicago and all over the land you are aware of it, but the problem is we don't know what to do about it. Now, this is what the church faces. This is what the church faces. Now, we might be burying our heads and saying and acting like, oh no, oh no, but all of us all of us know of someone in some family who has either Committed or attempted suicide. What the church does is the church has a tendency to look the other way, out of a sense of shame, rather than to address the problem with the, the out of a sense of responsibility and care. And need I remind you that Jesus came upon people who had suicidal tendencies and. In one case, you remember the one where the the father came to him, and we talked about it last week, the father came to him and said, look, can you help my son? Because my son uh, is is possessed by a demon, and the demon torments him, causes him to convulse and throws him in the fire and throws him in the water. The demon was trying to kill the boy. And the father father came to him and said, "Uh, can you help? And Jesus says, and Jesus says, I will. If I if I, if I can, is what he basically did. If I can, then he knows I only I can. And so what we have to understand is that if we are following Jesus, when we encounter suicide, we have an obligation to take advantage of the opportunity, because it is an opportunity to do battle with Satan. And so many of us see, you know, demonically possessed people and we're like, oh, something wrong with them, and we go in the other direction. And what we really need to do is we really need to be about the business as led by the Holy Spirit to go into battle. Period. When you see somebody being oppressed, depressed, and suicidal with the devil having his way, mm-mm. No, we go to work. We go to work, and we go to work as led by the Holy Spirit. Now, what are you saying? Well, last week, what we learned was that God has given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven, the keys of binding and loosing. That he says, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Basically what that means is whatsoever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven and whatsoever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And that that doesn't mean that we have the authority to make recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the mission of the church. This is what our anointing is all about, to proclaim to the poor good news, to proclaim liberty that you are free, that you have, are free from the power of sin, that you are no longer captive, you are no longer under the control of sin. You have a choice because God has sent Jesus for you. The recovering of sight to the blind, and here's the line that I want to get it to set At liberty, those who are oppressed. Oppression leads to depression, and depression will lead you right into suicide. And those are key factors. That's what's happening. You have, you know, we talk about the environmental factors, the physical environmental factors, and the church needs to be aware of um, what Satan is doing to make the atmosphere conducive to suicide when we just passed this uh, legislation to legalize marijuana. Now, i have to tell you, when they talked about legalizing marijuana, my, my first thought was they're going to do it anyway. And I never thought about the implications of, of what we were doing uh, because the only thing I thought about was, okay, so now the, the money that is being made off of um, marijuana will go to the state and the state can tax it and then maybe they'll lower my taxes and I'll have less money. I'll have to get out of my pocket with less money. But the reality is that anytime you are using a mind-altering substance, Anytime you're using a mind-altering substance, you are opening the door for the devil to come in and take control. You are opening the door for a person to potentially go down a path to commit suicide. And so what we did in that legislation is, and mark my words, when you look back, five years from now, you will see that there is an increase in the number of suicides that, that, that are committed because in the state of Illinois, what we did was in legalizing marijuana and also in legalizing gambling, we are opening the door for satanic activity. Seventy-two returned. He had sent the seventy-two disciples out and to, to um for witnessing so to spread the gospel. It says, The seventy-two returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you.
1: Nevertheless,
0: do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We have, and the key portion there is, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. So we've got the mission, and the mission is to deal with those who are captive, to deal with those who are oppressed. It is not the church's responsibility to turn a blind eye to what is going on. It's not our responsibility to act like Uh, it doesn't doesn't impact me because I got the hope of Jesus and I'm not going to I ain't going to kill myself and anybody in my family is going to kill myself well guess what that's our responsibility to make sure that nobody goes out and commits suicide and so we know what our responsibilities are we know what the mission is we know we got the power to, to, to impact so how do we do it well It is the job of the church to deliver the message of hope to those who have been impacted by sin. I wrote that line this afternoon, and I want to read it again. It is the job of the church to deliver the message of hope to those who have been impacted by sin, Either through environmental or physical factors, we are to spread the good news that we no longer are bound by sin, but in Christ have the opportunity for freedom. That's our job, that's our mission. So oftentimes we, we you know, we if we were doing that, if we were just doing that, God would be pleased. We sometimes ignore the hard things like missional work, like going out there and ministering the gospel and announcing uh, that Jesus has delivered us from the power of sin and that we no longer have to be shackled by sin. If we could would we, concentrate on delivering that message, and that's the message of hope. And so that is the way, that is the major way that we combat suicide. Give them, point them to the hope of Jesus Christ. Give them, put them in the position, put them in the position where they can experience the love of God. You know, so oftentimes people commit suicide because they don't feel about care about them that they, they've they got nothing to live for, that what they've done is so egregious that they can never be forgiven. And then you know, we spent time already on the demonic part of it. Now we've got to spend time on those, those physical factors that push them toward demonic oppression. Because sometimes all a person needs to know is that somebody cares, that someone literally Cares about their situation. Mm-hmm. Most people commit suicide because they are disconnected from hope. They find themselves in hopeless situations. I don't have a job. I'm pregnant. And I'm, I can't tell my mother and my father. They're going to disown me. they will kill me, the shame that I'm bringing to my family. Some people commit suicide because they are so confused in their mind. They've, been, they've suffered such trauma, the shame that uh, victims of sexual abuse um, and the hopelessness and the worthlessness that uh, people who have been sexually or physically abused experience. All of those things, all of those things contribute to the hopelessness that they feel. And it is the job and the responsibility of every Christian to go to them and say, Oh, I have good news for you. There is someone that cared so much for you that they died for your sins, that Jesus Christ anticipated this. Let me say it again. God anticipated and foreknew this situation, and he provided for you. And no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done, no matter what has been done to you, God loves you. And as God's representative here on earth, so do I. And I'm not embarrassed about you. I'm not ashamed about you. I came to just not only show you the love of God, but help you experience it through me. That's the message of hope. That's the real message of hope. It's not standing up in the pulpit just hollering at people and, and, and shouting about you know, what Jesus did. It's about us allowing Jesus, to, by the power of the Holy Ghost, to do it through us. We have to bring them hope. We have to show them that God wants them to place their trust in them. So we deliver hope and favor versus condemnation and guilt. The devil's going to condemn them every time. He's always going to just, as they say, he's going to come at them with everything. But it is the job of the Christian to say, mm-hmm, yep, yep, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I like one of my, my wife's favorite lines is, but God. You see, when the devil presents that case to them and shows them, show them how hopeless and how filthy and how worthless they are, what the Christian needs to be there saying, right, as soon as the, the devil stops speaking, and in my opinion, even before he stops speaking to him and to, trying to torment him, we need to jump in there and say, but God. But God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, that's what we need. That, that's the message right there. See, I need to just, just throw right in. Why? Because we have to show them that it's not over. It's, they, they, they don't have to be victims. We have to bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that gives us hope to go through what we are going through. Yeah. We who are strong, this is Romans now, Romans 15, verses 1 through 4. We who are strong have the, have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to do what? To build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have Christ brought us hope that we might bring hope to somebody else. That's the way we attack suicide. We bring them the message of God, the good news of Jesus Christ. We show them the hope of God. We we immerse them in the love of God. We wrap our arms around them, and we let them know, hey, Though your sins be as scarlet, God will wash them whiter than snow. How will we do it? Through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. It's important that we get that message out there. You know, sometimes, before we can get to all of that sharing that love, we have to Handle the, the satanic influence. You know, Jesus didn't. When Jesus was dealing with a demon, he didn't come in there and he didn't quote a whole bunch of scripture or anything. like that. He went right through the heart of the person. And again, that's why I say you have to be able to discern and diagnose. Is this a physical problem or is this demonic? And if it's demonic, then you have to use the authority that God has given you. And what's that authority Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy you have the authority to tell that devil just as Jesus did. Get out. I cast you out. Go away. Leave him alone. You have that authority to do that. And I know Many of us, especially those of us who come from uh, fundamentalist um, uh, Baptist backgrounds, we don't want to be brought to that. That's what we got to do. We have to do that. But if it's not a demonic problem, if it's a problem where they don't know Jesus, or even within the household of faith, even within the household of faith where they do know Jesus, What we have to do is we have to minister hope and love. We have to minister hope and love. One last statistic before we start wrapping up for the night, and that is this. One study that they've done shows that people who are in a faith community, people in faith communities, people who are regularly attending church and are a participating part, not people who come in and sit in the back and then leave, you know, not them, who participate, who are really enjoying to the congregation. They commit less suicide. Community, a faith-based community. It is important, and I know right into now what's happening throughout throughout the United States is that church attendance is declining, and churches and the relevance of being a part of a faith based community is eroding. But let me tell you, it is so important to have a, to be a member if you're a Christian now, and even if you're not a Christian, you can get married, which you can become one. Um, but it is so important that you be a member of a faith based community mm-hmm. you need to be connected to a congregation it is so important to your spiritual health what does the devil try to do the devil tries to play the old divide and conquer game he tries to split you away from the congregation so then he can work on you. So then he could tell you, see, they ain't called you. You've been gone for six weeks and ain't nobody studying you. And so you really weren't a part there. And as you begin to drift away and drift away and drift away, you'll notice that he's working on you. He's trying to get you infected to such a degree that eventually you are not, there's no longer the hope of Christ in you. No, that your faith is no longer active, but instead it's inactive, and then it disappears, and then the next thing you know, you know he's trying to kill you by separating you from the people of God. He wants to do, And so that's, that's just over the past two weeks, we know what the problem is know what it is. We know what the causes of the problems are. And we know our responsibility that we have been sent here to do that, that we've got the power and the authority to to carry out this mission, and that that God wants us to reach out to those people, not just the ones who are already in the fold, not just the ones who are already Christians, but the ones who are not. It is our job to deliver the gospel. It is our job to deliver that message of hope. It is our job to to, to to love on them, and it is our job to wrap our arms around the ones that are Christians who are suffering within the household of faith and show them the love of Christ and show them that there is. It's our job to to go to that pastor, to go to that preacher who's burnt out, who's suffering, and minister to him or her. It's our job to, to go to that mom with all of those children who is doing her best, but you can see her slowly but surely just thinking. It's our job not to just pray for her, but to help her bear that burden. That's what we do. That's what the household of faith is all about. That's what being connected is all about. That's how we attack this suicide demon that is unleashing it himself over the land and destroying. Now, one last thing. And, uh, I need to do this. There is a. I want to give you a number, I and mean, you need to write it down. You need to have it just it in your ministry, because sometimes we don't we don't know what to do. And the world is trying to minister to people who uh, commit suicide, and, and they're professionals. They are professionals. The world does a lot of things right. Um, there is a. Suicide Prevention Hotline number that I'm going to give you. You can't do nothing else. If you know somebody that's struggling, you give them this number. You tell them to call 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. That's the Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Five, five. One more time. 1 800 273 five, five. Then, sometimes you just want to text somebody. There's a text number. It's Text Connect 741 you got a problem, just pick that number. 741741. There's somebody, one of those two numbers, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Day. We don't need to commit or allow people just to there help. There is help that's available. And we need to be about the business not only providing hope, but also providing help. These people are trained counselors. They've gone to school. They've given their lives just to help people who are in a hopeless, oppressed, depressed situation. Let's pray. Eternal God, Father, we are aware of the problems of suicide. Are even aware that they are. They're going after our children. They're going after our strong men. They're going after our elders. That hopelessness is throughout the land. But God, God you give us hope. And you tell us to go spread in Jesus' name we pray that we would keep our eyes open, that you would open our eyes, that we would minister love and hope to those within the body of Christ, and that we would reach out with your gospel, your powerful words, and you said if I, be lifted up, you would draw them into you." that will would draw them in Help us to be diligent in addressing this issue of suicide. We ask this in Jesus' name. So, that's our lesson for tonight. Uh, I didn't look ahead to see what we're teaching next week. I will announce it Um, as soon as I go and look at what I'm supposed to do next week. Because, again, these are topical Bible studies that we're doing. And uh, I don't know what the topic is for next week. I think it's family. I think it's family. I think that's what it is. But I don't know. Whatever it is, we will address it from a biblical perspective next week. I pray that uh, our, that we've got enlightenment about this suicide issue and that we, we will begin to be more effective in our witness to those who are um, in hopeless situations. Thank God we bless you and we praise you. with the Word on Wednesday. Um, This, along with others, will be posted on the YouTube channel. They'll show up on your Facebook page once they're posted, and we're just going to continue having fun with this summer series. Um, Be blessed and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. God bless you all. Keep it forward, huh? Keep it forward. Don't, don't be trying to keep it away. do huh?